Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And joining us today is our friend Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, how are you guys? Doing well. Glad to have you here. Yeah, welcome back, Aaron. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. It has actually been a while. <laughs> <laughs> we have all just seen the new Liam Neeson film, Retribution. Yeah. Matt's going to tell us about it. It's the annual Liam Neesoning, where <laughs> he comes and uh, stars in a mediocre action film <laughs> of varying quality. Um, so, yeah, and this one, it is set in Berlin. Liam Neeson is married and, uh, and he's got, they got two kids, a teenage son and daughter. I guess the daughter's teenage. Mm, maybe. Well, son definitely is. Yeah, son's definitely. He, he's a sulky teenager for sure. Uh, and, and, uh, anyway, uh, one day it's, it's, it's Liam Neeson's job to, to, to cart the kids to school or wherever they're going. And he gets a call from a person with a masked voice. That says, uh, "Hey, there's a bomb under your seat. It's pressure sensitive. If you if you if you sit up or get out, the bomb will go off." And so, like Liam Neeson and his kids are trapped in this in, in this expensive Mercedes SUV, <laughs> and they are driving around Berlin trying to follow the instructions from this this this, this nasty person on the phone. Um, there's other explosions, sort of like dealing with like a, they even call it a serial bomber. This movie. Um, Suspicion is cast. It's, 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 there's, there's, uh, it's intrigue. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, Aaron, let me hand it over to you. What did you, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think if it's actually intrigue, by definition, it should be intriguing. <laughs> and that's really the problem <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> I can sum up really my thoughts on this movie in that Liam Neeson needs to stop. Ouch. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of the like I I well he did he was in Walk Among the Tombstones. I really liked that. And I liked the first taken, and it seems like that's all he's done since then, and they are of extremely varying quality. Mm-hmm. I thought at a certain point this movie was well one, the initial description my thought was this is speed in a car and not on a bus. And that ends up not being the case because they don't have to keep the, you know, they can stop the car. They just can't get out of the car. So there is a certain amount of well-paced tension. I mean, it's it's well-paced initially, but then it just, it just kind of goes nowhere. I don't. Yeah. It's very mildly suspenseful for a while. Yeah. And I had a, I have an issue with our central characters, this family that we're introduced to that we're, I think we're supposed to care about. I didn't really like them all that much. <laughs> they weren't. And I know maybe they're supposed to they're supposed to have an arc over the course of the movie. And, but I don't know. They're just not very likable to start out with. So that was a problem for me. And also, I, I saw the, the trailer for this movie several times, and and there's really nothing of interest in this movie that you haven't already seen in the trailer. If you, if you've seen the trailer. Um, so yeah, it's mildly suspenseful. And I thought the last, uh, 20 minutes or so just got silly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of even the better Liam Neeson <laughs> outings. Um, and this one is one of the lesser ones that I've seen. I know you guys have seen, one that's maybe even worse. What but was what was? Did you say that was called? Blacklight. Yeah, Matt and I went and saw Blacklight last year, yeah. and I. It was not. so bad. We were like, 
No, it's not good. <laughs> Either. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was not good. See, I have. There's this thing I have about George Clooney uh, that is sort of the opposite effect that I have with Liam Neeson. So my thing with George Clooney is the thought of George Clooney, or even the thought of seeing a movie with George Clooney. I'm like, ah, George Clooney. Ugh, I'm. I don't like him. But then I'll eventually see a George Clooney movie, and I'm like, you know what? This this this, this cat can act. Yeah. You know, and and I'm like, the movie was good. Yeah. Hey, you know, not so bad. But then. You know, the next movie will come along with him, and I'm like back to like, uh. <laughs> whereas with Liam Neeson, I hear that there's a new Liam Neesoning happening, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, hey, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to the theater for this. This is going to be a good thriller. Yeah. And then I go, and I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> and Liam Neeson is 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 uh, wonky at best. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I, I I need to learn this lesson, right? Yeah. Uh, and then like, you know. However long later, a year later, there's a new Liam Neesoning, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to the theater for this. So I have this weird reverse effect with that. Um, now, here's the thing. So the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of this movie, I really was not on board with it. I thought it it seemed off. And this is when it's more of the, we're introduced to the family. We see the family dynamics, which actually, you're right, they're not likable. Um, and... You know, Liam Neeson has a, a video conference with his uh, co-worker, uh, played by My, uh, Matthew Modine, who, as an aside here, and we talked a little bit about this when we got out of the film. This is set in Berlin. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I don't know if it's ever stated if, if Liam Neeson and his family are what nationality they are. If they're supposed to be like American or or something, I don't know. But as you yeah. pointed out, Aaron, when we were walking out of the theater, you're like. Liam Neeson's Irish accent comes through a bit. Yeah, it comes through a bit. Yeah. And then you got Matthew Modine, who is very American. And his character's name is Anders Muller. <laughs> and I saw that in the credits, and I'm like, so was this meant to be like a non-American character? And they just cast Matthew Modine? But anyway, so... Yeah, the first 15 minutes of this movie are set up. And I thought this it felt off. It felt boring to me. And um, I'm like, oh, we're in trouble. And, and it also reminded me, I'm like, you know, I, it reminded me of the fact that I do like Taken, the first mm-hmm. one anyway. I, I also like well. A Walk Among the Tombstones. Mm-hmm. There's actually, there was a movie he did, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, uh, he was on a commuter train. It was called a commuter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I liked that one. But it reminded me, I'm like, yeah, I said, he has to be, uh, he has to be paired with a certain type of director who knows how to get the best out of him and also who knows how to pay, do good pacing. Right. And I'm like, this is not it. But then the actual real plot kicks in where, you know, like I said earlier, it's the, they're in the car and it'll blow up if they get out. And, and I'm like, well, then I thought like, okay, this is interesting. And then actually I agree with you the last 20 minutes where it, it sort of fell apart for me. <laughs> there is a distinct moment. There is a distinct moment in this film where it just, starts to you just watch it melt before your eyes <laughs> it's like you know because like i said some of the pacing and some of the it, it, it's a slow burn mm-hmm. there's not a tremendous I'm, I'm confused by the r rating i really am the fact that this movie is rated r there's not a whole lot of violence in it there's explosions but you don't really see any blood no you don't see like you don't see the corpses that were in the cars yeah. And I mean, I'm going to be real here too. Like, you remember like in the old days, meaning like when we were younger, <laughs> um, before like CGI became a big thing, 
when they needed to blow up a car in a movie, it was a real car. Yeah. And nowadays, it is it made the car maybe real, right. but they just add explosion effects afterwards, right. and I, you could tell yeah. in this movie. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know why this was R. Yeah. Because even the language in it isn't that. I mean, there, there's some foul language in it. You know, some curse words, but there's nothing tremendously... I'm not sure there was anything in there that would be edited <laughs> if, we're on network, or if it were on network television. Yeah. And, you know, we went into this movie talking about how it sounded like uh, a version of Speed. speed. Um, and it is. It's very derivative of Speed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there thinking of Speed during this movie, which is a far superior movie. Far superior. Yeah. In, in virtually every way. So that's something you don't want to be thinking about when you're sitting in a movie. I thought of, uh, did you guys ever see Phone Booth? I've wanted to see Fall Wolf, but no. I thought of that movie like, quite a bit in this movie too. And it's the same sort of thing. The guy can't move. He can't, you know, that, and that's part of the problem here with this movie, uh, you know, with or without your feelings on Liam Neeson and whether you like him. And again, you and I both have mentioned, it seems like we like the same ones. We both mentioned some movies of his that we like. Liam Neeson spends this entire movie sitting. He's, he's <laughs> sitting for the entire movie. And that's just not, that's just not exciting. <laughs> you know, I will counter that by saying, have you seen the movie Locke? Yes. From about six years ago or whatever. Yeah. Tom yeah. Hardy. That is nothing but him in a car. Yeah. Talking to people on the phone who you don't see. Well, and that's the thing with phone booth. Yeah. It's Colin Farrell. And he's, he, he's in a phone booth. In yeah. Movie. So you, to me, it, I don't know if exciting is the right word for how I feel about Locke, but it is, um, I was uh, totally... Locked in. Yeah. To, to lock. Yeah. Uh, uh, Unintended. Yeah. <laughs> With this one, though, yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you can have that kind of situation, but you have to have the screenplay that makes that possible. Makes, makes it, it work. watchable right. and makes it interesting. And the screenplay for this one just didn't live so, up to that. So this, uh, you know, and then they're upfront about it in the opening credits. This movie is based on a Spanish film called S. Salta. El Des. Conocido, which I think, Aaron, you looked it up afterwards yeah. and saw that this is actually, that movie, this is not the first time that movie's been no, remade. It's been remade in Germany and in South Korea. Yeah. I'm actually kind of fascinated now to watch at least one of those. Maybe like the original Sandwich version or something, because I, I, the thing I kept thinking about in this movie, at, at several different turns in this movie, I was like, the ingredients are here yeah. for a really good thriller. Mm-hmm. But it's like giving ingredients to someone who doesn't know how to cook very well. <laughs> and they they, 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 they they do their best. But then, you know, when it comes time to serve the meal, you're like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, it's just all right. It's all right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I will mention here. So, I know, Aaron, you were particularly, even again, this is an offline conversation we had, but you were particularly fond of the, the actress who played the... Uh, and Beth Davids. She played Liam Neeson's yeah. wife. And then I looked her up when we were having that conversation, and it turns out that she's actually in more, she's in more crap than I thought she was. <laughs> um, but Junebug is one you guys would know her from. She plays the, the girlfriend that mm-hmm. the son brings home. She was actually in uh, the Army of Dark, in Army of Darkness, the... Uh, with okay. a Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi film, Army of Darkness. She's she's a villain in that. Yeah, I I, I like her. She's and she is. Uh, I believe she, I believe she's a British actress. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, if she, if she's not British, she's Irish. Yeah. Um, I wish they gave her a little bit more 
to do with her character in this movie. The character itself was kind of confusing because you were talking about the beginning and how you were kind of bored. And you were talking – and Ashley was talking about how none of the characters were likable. They really – they went to great pains in the beginning to make – you know – to make you think that every one of these people is up to something, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and which is which helps to push their you know whodunit plot that they have going on here. Um, but no, they and and then there, she has this sort of abrupt change as well, where mm-hmm. it's like she's she's so impatient with him and she doesn't seem to like him very much, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's trapped in the car, and oh my god, you're the love of my life. Yeah, yeah. I also like there's this inner. It's not Interpol. It's something. Europol. Europol. I don't know whether they could. They, maybe they couldn't get the rights to say yeah, Interpol. Yeah, I wanted the same thing. Yeah. yeah, but there's an agent played by um, Noma Dumasweni, and she's. I liked her. Yeah, Again, too. doesn't get a whole lot to do. No, but what what she does well with what she has. Lily Aspel, um, who is a teenager. That's the daughter. Um, she plays the daughter, mm-hmm. and she, I, I. The thing I guess I've seen her from is, is she plays uh, young Diana in the two Wonder Woman films. Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then, of course, Jack Champion, who plays the son and who was in um, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, and Scream 6 earlier this year. Oh, really? Um, so, I haven't seen either one of those. Yeah. And it's weird, like, you know, actually, I think you said earlier, like, these characters kind of have an arc. And they do, but, like, they, the, the, and Aaron, you kind of, you know, what you were saying about the wife. I mean, these characters, I, I like a characters, I like characters that have an arc. But, like, these characters change their attitude on a dime. Yeah. You know? And I get it. This movie's, like, only 90 minutes long. But yet, like, and, and yeah, these situations would, you would, you know, not literally, but figuratively, you would sober up a bit. Mm-hmm. And yet... I don't know. And I, I think maybe this, my, my, my issues with the characterizations could have been resolved by not making the, the wife, the son, and the daughter so shrill and hateful right. <laughs> in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, to soften that a bit, and then he would have, you know. Yeah, I mean, the experiences that they're having in this movie would certainly be life-changing, a life-changing experience and something that would make you reassess. It might even make you behave in a way that you wouldn't normally behave. Right. So there is that, but even then, Mm -hmm. it wasn't convincing. And there's an aspect of this, and uh, and again, you know, in case y'all want to watch this, I I won't give it away, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's an aspect of this movie that's fairly integral to it that I thought if they wanted to take it in a certain direction would lead the kids to be to 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 not be cool with Liam Neeson, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But they don't go that route. And again, it's like they set these characters up to be a certain way and then to give them an opportunity to further those characterizations, yeah. but they don't go there. And I'm like, uh, okay. These characters have an arc because they're supposed to. Right. <laughs> well put. And and not because of anything that actually happens in the Right. Yeah. I went back and looked at my review I wrote for Blacklight, the Leave Me Simple Beach. Which that's the, yeah, the, the, we watched the last we year. saw last year. And I think at the end what I wrote about that is I think what I will say about this, which is like if you know a year or two from now you're hanging out at the house one evening, you're a bit of a loose end, and you're either flipping through cable 
and come across this movie where you're just scrolling through the streaming channel and you see this movie is available and you're like, why not? For free. You feel free. I mean, this this is this is perfect for that. Situation. Provided that Welcome Among the Tombstones is also not available. Right. <laughs> okay. Or you've seen it already. Yeah. Then sure. You know, but throw this movie on and, and it's a way to kill 90 minutes and whatever. But I don't know I don't know if that's much of a recommendation. No. <laughs> yeah. It's not a very long movie. Well. It so, did go kind of quickly. It did go and it goes and it goes it does go quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what would you give it out of 10, Aaron? Oh, I gotta go first. <laughs> yeah. I'd go first if you want me to. I, did, I really didn't like this movie. Ouch. I'm gonna give it a six. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, actually. it's harder than me. <laughs> right. I, I give it a five and a half. Oh, I was gonna give it a four. <laughs> <laughs> so, my score is the best one? <laughs> yes. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, our score is a, um, a 5.2. And, uh, you know, it, it, I'm sure it's on, um, the tomato meter. We don't really do tomato meter scores anymore. So I think last time I checked, it was a 29. It was a 29. 29%. Yeah. Um, which is why, I, cause when we started this, when we went to the movie, Matthew turned to us and says, I'm going to apologize in advance if this movie is terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so with that, aggregate, my expectations were already low. That <laughs> aggregate score means that. 29% of the critics liked it. 71% didn't. Mm-hmm. And the thing I, I think, and one reason I kind of stopped using the tomato meter thing on here is because I think a lot of people misunderstand the tomato meter score. Sure. And they're like, oh, well, that means the average, critic average is like 29%. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And that actually, I've heard people kind of get thrown by that. And this is, sorry, this is a side thing for <laughs> folks listening. But, you know, when you look at a Rotten Tomato score and you see, for example, a, a movie has like 100%. Well, that technically means that 100 critics overall said, yes, I like this. That can range anywhere from a critic saying, like, I absolutely love this movie to a critic being like, "Eh, sure, I liked it. If you're at home and streaming. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I think I think sometimes that can be a little if you don't know, if you don't understand how it works, that can be a little misleading. So Mm -hmm. our score, meanwhile, is an average of our what we think and. 5.2. 5.2. So anyway, Aaron, thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm good to see you guys. Yeah. Thanks for and, having me. And uh, y'all, thanks for listening to us talk about this latest in the lean, nice name. <laughs> Bye-bye.